Hello, and welcome to the Harvest Podcast, brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we put love into action. We hope that you are blessed by these previous sermons by our pastor, Reverend Dr. Peter M. Weary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, as well as Instagram at The Field CLT. Be blessed. Hey, good morning, family. We are here to uh, say we are glad you're in this worship space today. And we want to make sure that you get something today that you did not expect to receive. One of our phenomenal team of ministry, the Reverend Lakira Johnson, our pastor to youth, is here today because she is a newly published author. Amen. And she has published this great, great book. It really is a self-help book, but it is a faith help book. It is called Regroup Without Regret. Uh, and it is talking about mastering the art of starting over. How many need to start over? How many would like a reset right where you are? That's all, that's all here in this wonderful book that this wonderful preacher has penned under the inspiration of the Spirit. And we want to just encourage you to hear a little bit about it and uh, perhaps explore these pages very, very soon while we're on you're going to be able to, uh, while we're on this morning, on Sunday morning, we, you're going to be able to get that book uh, for your very own. Reverend, how are you? We're glad to see you. We're so proud of you and so happy for you. Would you tell us a little bit about this great book? First of all, how did you come to be inspired by the Spirit to write this? What was your process? Well, I found myself going through a lot of times where I had to start over repeatedly, where it, whether it was, you know, getting a new job or learning new friendships or things of that nature. And because I had to start over so many times, I had to ask God, like, what is the reason behind the cycle and what am I not learning? So that was the inspiration for the actual book. Wow. Wow. And how long have you been working on it? Over 15 years. What? Wow. 15 years. So, so here today is the finished product of a long journey. And there are lots of you in this congregation this morning who are on some journey and you don't feel like you have direction. Reverend Akira Johnson has compiled some inspiration for you and some information for you. Can you tell us a little bit about what's inside? Well, in this book, you actually go through learning how to start over with an introspective look. Everything is not about what somebody else did. Sometimes we have to start with our contribution to where we are in life. And so what I do is actually help us go through the same process that I went through, looking at ourselves, acknowledging where we are, looking at what we have to work with, and then setting up a plan that we can go through and actually just get better one day at a time. Wonderful, wonderful. So how much of the book is autobiographical? I keep hearing you reference the same thing I went through. <laughs> how much of this piece is autobiographical and what did that do for you? A good bit of this book, I would say about 85 to 90% of it is autobiographical. And it was very therapeutic going through it, sharing my story so that somebody else would know that they are not the only one. Um, a lot of times people don't want to share what they're going through because they feel like th there's shame attached to it and things of that nature. But I promise you, if you just share your story, there's somebody who will tell you, you saved my life. And that's what I hope that happens with this book. Amen. Amen. So what, what finally catalyzed you after 15 years of walking with this piece? What finally catalyzed you to make it happen? How did that come about? What did that? Getting to the last step in the book, which is pretty much owning who you are and learning to love yourself and look at yourself through the eyes of God and understanding that I am more than what the enemy tries to make me believe that I am. Wonderful. So that is what finally said, hey, somebody else needs to hear this because somebody else is struggling. Awesome. Awesome. Here it is, family. This is it. Regroup without regret. And you can start over. You, where you are is not where you're going to stay. 
led Reverend Lakira Johnson, pastor of youth here at the field. This is not just for youth. This is for people, for disciples of any age. It's for folk who are not yet disciples, but they know they need to start over. Come on and get it. Could you tell us where to get it? Yes, you can get it at flow.page forward slash Lakira J. We're going to put it in the chat right now. Flow.page forward slash Lakira J. Lakira J. L-A-K-I-E-R-R-A-J. And uh, you can have your own copy. It's in the chat right now. You can see it, click it, and go get your own restart. Amen. Listen, if the church is nothing else, it ought to be about transformation. It ought to be about not only starting over, but starting right. Stop looking, stop, stop praying about it. It's right in front of you. He is a person. We're here today. I know I started over, and I know Pastor Johnson started over because of the name of Jesus. Oh, that's where we're going to live this morning. We're going to be celebrating, reveling in, worshiping, talking about, calling the name of Jesus. And I defy, I defy your life to stay the same if you just say the name. Come on, let's worship through the word. Say the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus. Say the name so precious. There's no other name I know. Say the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus. Say the name so precious. There's no other name I know that can calm your fears and Dry your tears, wipe away your pain. When you don't know what else to say, when you don't know the words to pray, say the name of Jesus. Say the name. Of Jesus, say the name of Jesus. There's no other name I know that can calm your fears, dry your tears, wipe away your pain when you don't know what else to say when you don't know the words to pray say the name oh, Jesus Jesus it's a name above every name Jesus, my lawyer, my doctor, my friend, Jesus, oh, Jesus, I love to call him, I love to call him, Jesus, oh, call him in the morning, Jesus, call him in the midnight hour, Jesus, 
When you don't know what else to say When you can't even find the words to pray Say the name 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 I dare you to say it I dare you to call him Or have you ever called him And he came to your rescue and that's why we showed up this morning because we know the value of that name. Everybody, every disciple in this sanctuary has called on that name. Hallelujah, somebody. Come on, let's go to the word. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. Let my will be lost in thine. In the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Acts chapter 5. Verses 17 through 42 is the text. But I want to start a little bit early, a little bit later, when the council has brought the apostles, the Sadducees, and the high priest all together, brought them before them and charged them about preaching in the name of Jesus, starting with chapter 5, verse 27, we hear these words, the Good News Translation. When they had brought them, they had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law respected by all the people, stood up and ordered the men to be put outside for a short time. Then he said to them, fellow Israelites, consider carefully what you propose to do to these men. For some time ago, Theudas rose up claiming to be somebody and a number of men, about 400 joined him, but he was killed. And all who followed him were dispersed and disappeared. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up at the time of the census and got people to follow him. He also perished and all who followed him were scattered. So in this present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. Because if this plan of, the, of this under, undertaking is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. In that case, you may even be found fighting against God. They were convinced by him. And when they had called in the apostles, they had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. 
As they left the council, they rejoiced that they were considered worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. And every day in the temple and at home, they did not cease to teach and proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. Acts chapter 5, verses 27 to 42. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me this morning on this subject? Simply the name. Calvary happened. The cross actually went down. The catharsis of the upper room hideout was real. Fear was real. I believe y'all met Thomas not long ago. He too had his doubts. They were real. Life just has this way of serving up some stuff that can make the toughest of people give up before a rooster crows at sunrise. Oh, oh forgive me, I, I never introduced myself. Uh, they call me Luke. I'm telling this story because as I said to my friend, Theophilus, that, that I'm trying to produce an orderly account of the stuff I have heard because I never really knew Jesus in person. I got introduced to him through Paul. But I've faithfully recorded what faithful people who were there and saw everything said. Today is a new day. Problems today of the church are bigger though than they were on that Friday. The problems today are even bigger than they were on the eighth day in the wee hours of that strange early Sunday morning. Today's problems are bigger than they were on resurrection Sunday because now the political forces of the enemy have had a chance to organize themselves against us. The firestorm that's looming in front of us now makes the crucifixion look like a popularity contest. Now, Rome and Jerusalem, the government and the temple are angry and upset. Now, instead of one man dying, the powers that be look like they're trying to kill all of us. People are getting arrested and harassed. They're watching our every move, it seems. They, they are surveilling our neighborhoods. And I thought I heard some crazy talk about a guy not long ago in a strange country trying to do some crazy stuff that we've never heard before. See, they found out that the body of Jesus went missing from the tomb that Sunday morning after his death. And ever since, they, they've been treating every one of us who follow him like persons of interest. The pressure is definitely on. But that's not all that happened. They saw him. Mary Magdalene saw him first, so she said it first. It sounded like a sermon. She said, I have seen the Lord. And others saw him too. So the rest of us picked it up and started preaching it ourselves. We have seen the Lord. And since that moment, we have never been the same again. Something, y'all, came over us. I mean, after what we saw him go through and then, and then those who were there saw him alive again like that. We, we could not help but be different. He did actually die. I know the details. I'm a doctor, you know. I know what they did to him. Oh, he died. 
We couldn't help it. After seeing him alive again, those of us that he talked with and, and, and walked with, uh, those of, of our party who, who, who walked with him in our old familiar haunts and hangouts, I, I, I'm told he sat down by the lake and cooked fish and ate with them. He met with them over 500 of our friends, he explained everything to them. We, we just couldn't stop ourselves after all this. We, we didn't just preach about him, we preached him. We spoke his name everywhere folk would listen and in a lot of places where they wouldn't listen. We talked about his name, who he is, and what he came to do and how his name changed us because we know his name, that is because we know who he really is. See, it used to be in the old days that the disciples worked hard for the whole three years just to believe, they told me. After seeing him, now even those of us who didn't see him have all moved way beyond just believing. Now we know, we know the power of his name. Anyway, that day changed us. We really didn't understand it. It changed the 11 and now it has changed the rest of us. We didn't know about it completely ourselves, but then we started seeing him even after he had gone. We started seeing him doing miraculous things. Some of these you may remember. I'm telling you the story like they gave it to me. They made a practice of pooling all of our resources to build up our little community and to make sure we could care for the poor and the widows. This was after Jesus had left us. I remember Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a piece of property and knowingly held back some of the proceeds. Well, we couldn't believe we watched them both drop dead before our very eyes. We didn't really understand it, but we knew something bigger than us was at work. We were all hanging out every day at the temple on Solomon's porch. Miracle after miracle was breaking out there. People were joining our crew left and right. It just seemed like folk were being drawn to the disciples, even though they were just carrying out the ministry the Lord gave us right there. So it got so strong that crowds of people from the suburbs, I conclude here in verse 16, they were bringing in sick folk, possessed people, all kinds of people coming out of the woodwork on cots and mats and just laying them down and you'll never guess what started happening. Peter said they would walk, he would just walk by and just his shadow casting over somebody would cause them to get healed. We really hadn't caught on completely to what was happening until the high priest heard about all that I just told y'all and he got jealous. He put disciples in jail uh, verse 17 says and no sooner than uh, they heard the jail go click during the night we heard an angel go clack and 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 let them right back out again uh, he told the disciples go back to the temple and just keep on teaching so what did they do right around daybreak I write in verse 21 we went back to the temple and kept right on teaching a little later that morning the chief priests and elders came to the temple to keep up the they're questioning, but when those good old boys discovered that the disciples were not there, confusion covered that place, y'all. The cells were closed, the doors were locked, the guards were still keeping their watch, but the followers of Jesus were long gone. The police captain looked up and said, I, I hate to tell you, boss, but them boys you locked up in jail is up there on Solomon's porch, walking around free as birds. Well, the high priest didn't think it was too funny. He yanked them right back before the Sanhedrin and then started in on them again. And it's a good thing. It wasn't until he started to interrogate them that it hit me just what the problem was. He sort of said it like, 
your mama used to do, you know, sort of like a question. He said, didn't we give you strict instructions not to teach in this name? Some of y'all ain't going to admit your mama called you like that. that. That was it. That was all it took. It was the name. It occurred to me in hearing this account that I need everybody in here to know right now that how you handle the name of Jesus will make the difference between whether you succeed or fail, whether you're bound or free, even whether you live or die. It's the name. It's not your smarts. It's not your savvy. It's not anything you're connected to uh, politically or the folk that you like to drop names about. It's the name. We, we disciples now, apostles, have always been a little slow on the uptake. It was the name all along. It wasn't Peter and John gazing at the brother at the beautiful gate. It was the healing power of the name. It wasn't Peter's loud voice chastising Ananias and Sapphira. It was the authority of the name. It wasn't Peter's shadow healing anybody. It was the name. So for these last few minutes I've got, I have never, I, I, I before, I, I have to get back to writing my story. I, I need to explain to all of you believers uh, and all of you disciples just what is the power of this name. Moreover, I need to explain just what good will the name do for you. What good will that name do when you face hard trials or cruel adversaries or high mountains or dark passages or locked doors or dangerous circumstances in life. What will the name do for you? Well, here it is. I found out, y'all, that the name will clarify your allegiance. Listen to verse 29. I put it right there. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than any human authority. Y'all know what? That person always loses in a struggle who forgets where their allegiance lies. You always fight lonely when you lack loyalty. Why? Because ultimately the, the one, the only ones in your life who are going to be willing to help you pay the high cost of your own survival is somebody who's got a stake in seeing to it that you make it. I wish y'all would stay with me. I'm going somewhere. They don't, they don't necessarily have to have a selfish stake in your survival. Just some investment in your survival. That's the reason why it's often said blood is thicker than water. It's because the the reliability of your allegiance says something about the experience you've had with the one that you're loyal to. Good spouses are loyal to one another because they've been through some things together. Close kinfolk are loyal to one another because they share a common history, a bond that really can't ever be actually broken. So when the high priest demanded that we just quit teaching in the name, he just didn't understand what we had been through with Jesus. It will confirm, it will reveal, it will clarify your allegiance, that name will. When that name is called, it conjures up the moments when I remember uh, the boy being sick and couldn't get well, the woman with an issue of blood, the, the bread running out and the waves lapping over. When I think about the name, it reminds me of all the stuff that name has gotten me through. How many of you in this sanctuary today have ever been in dire trouble and called on the name of Jesus in your world? I understand that when a fire breaks out and you're inside a building, you go grab the fire alarm. Why? Because you know that when you grab the fire alarm, some folk are coming who can help you quench the blaze. Well, when you call on the name of Jesus, it will clarify who it is that you believe in. It will clarify clarify who it is that brought you over. It will concretize and lift up in high relief who it is that brought you through. When you call the name of Jesus, when you preach, when you sing, when you pray, when you work in the name of Jesus, it clarifies your allegiance. The name of Jesus not only clarifies your allegiance, but it reverses 
calamity. So, so verse 30, I tucked it away in here. The name of Jesus uh, reverses calamity. Listen, the God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed, listen to it, by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior that he might Give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Peter went to preaching that day like a Methodist gone mad. That is to say the sermon was short, but it was stout. Okay, come on, you preachers, you, you theologians. The organizing principle or thesis or proposition of the sermon was very simple. Here it is. You killed Jesus, but God raised Jesus. In other words, everything you humans knocked down, God raised back up. I'm getting ready for a run cue. And he didn't just undo some mess humanity made, but, but he had his own idea, repentance and forgiveness. Y'all, that's the very nature of God. What seems to be awful, God can make beautiful. What appears to be useless, God can make it essential. What appears to be menial, God can make it mighty. What seems to be pitiful, God can make it profound. All because of the name what appears to be lost God can make it locked in what appears to be dark God can shine the light on it God did not do it only ontologically that is at the level of its being but God did it cosmologically he got rid of the sin guilt once and for all through, through raising Jesus from the dead God, God got rid of death once and for all the stuff that was supposed to keep folk down God got rid of it with just the name if one human beat it then it's possible from that day forward for death to be whooped all over again just calling the name family inaugurates repentance and forgiveness of sins you may not feel this like I feel this but if you've ever done anything that you need to, to repent for just knowing that the name washes away sin stain and release from sin's guilt as long as the name does it then folk ain't got to do it because Jesus is once and for all the only sacrifice that we need. Peter had already preached on Pentecost this was his sermon, a snippet of it. He said repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ y'all has given belief has given disciples the authority, the right and the authority to use his name. That, that means that Christians have been given the power not just Christians, but Christians who are disciples have been given the power of attorney. Legally, power of attorney is the authority to act on somebody else's behalf at their request. It's a legal authorization given by one person, Jesus, permitting another person, disciples, to take action on his, Jesus Christ's, behalf. So if you need new life, just call your power of attorney. Call Jesus if you need protection call Jesus if you need to be free call Jesus if you need power call Jesus if you need to change your story call Jesus if you need to overcome your enemy call Jesus if you need to get free from the shackles call Jesus the name will reverse calamity I've tried him for myself. I wish I had me just three witnesses in this sanctuary. That name will clarify your allegiance. That name will reverse calamity. There's power in that name. That name not only, not only reverses calamity and clarifies allegiance, but, but finally that name identifies you. Here, here, here it's Luke writes, and we are witnesses to these things. Oh, don't forget it. We are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Obedience is a powerful thing when it comes to the name. 
The book says when the, when the council heard this, they really went in. They, they wanted to kill everybody, but, but a Pharisee, supposedly an enemy of the movement. You do know that sometimes God will use your enemies to do his own bidding in your life. An enemy of the movement, Gamaliel stood up and, and he told them, look here, y'all, you can't bother these boys. Let God be God. If, 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 if what they're doing is of God, I don't care how many you kill, you can't stop it. Uh, but if it's not, it will fail. And, and they were convinced. So they ordered them just to come on in and they tried it one more time. Don't y'all speak in the name of Jesus. You don't speak in that name no more. But when they heard this, they left the council with whelps on their back and with bruises on their bodies and the verse 41 says, when they were leaving, they rejoiced that they were considered worthy to suffer dishonor, not for the sake of Christianity, because by this time, there was no real Christianity. Uh, they were not rejoicing because they had been counted worthy to suffer for the sake of their little group, whatever you called it, the followers of the way, or whomever you might have called it. No, that wasn't the issue. They were happy because they understood that, that they were preaching, they were teaching, and they were suffering in the name. They were suffering for the sake of the name. And, and, and that statement right alone by itself indicates that they understood the reason for their survival in this moment. It was the name. That when you put the name of Jesus in your life, when you take the name, the old church used to say, of Jesus with you, then you have more than enough to make it through the hard trials of this life. They understood. They were happy. They were rejoicing. A shout broke out, verse 41 suggests, because they had been counted worthy to suffer in the name. I, I, they already began to formulate Peter's theology, which taught them eventually that don't you worry if you suffer various trials and tribulations. You just know that your tribulations will make you stronger. You Don't you worry about suffering right now, because of the name you will be elevated in due time when God gets ready God can extricate you from whatever it is that you find yourself in when they got out of the Sanhedrin they understood it wasn't their lawyer because they didn't have none. I know that's bad grammar but it's good gospel it was not their lawyer it was not their savvy it was not their numbers it was nothing none of those things but they understood that it was because of the name. Can I just get me a few people in this sanctuary to understand that the name will identify you. The name will mark you. That when you call the name, when you serve the name, when you live by the name, when you preach and do your work according and in service to the name, when you minister in the name, when you sing in the name, when you write in the name, when you evangelize in the name. It's not your oratory. It's not your administrative skill. It's not your money accumulated however you got it. But it is the name. It, it is the name of Jesus. Paul in his uh, cosmic letter to the Colossians, he makes it clear that there is a name y'all. That this one who is the visible likeness of the invisible God has unique powers y'all. He in his theology Paul said that, that there is a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that this same Jesus he is Lord. Why were they rejoicing? They were rejoicing because they had stood in the presence of some fellows who thought they had authority. But when they came out, they understood that they didn't have no more power over them than the wind had over an oak tree. Cause at the name, at the name of Jesus, God can raise up friends for you. Yeah! 
They understood that at the name of Jesus, your pure power would be overcome by wonder-working power. That at the name of Jesus, what was a death sentence would become brand new life. Yeah! They understood that because of the name, they already had a lawyer in the courtroom. You just couldn't see him unless you looked on their faces and you would see the glow of the Holy Ghost whom he promised to be with him. Aren't you glad about it? Have you ever been there where it looked like the enemy was about to take you down? But thanks be to God, the name stepped in where your power ran out. You better listen, y'all. Some of y'all are facing some dark realities. But if you ain't got something to give you the unexpected advantage, also called blessing in the midst of downcast situations and death-dealing realities, you going down and you ain't going to get up again. But I wish I had me some disciples in the room who knew how to call on the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I've been there. I've been stranded in the desert and I called on the name and he sent somebody to my rescue. I've been bowed down, bowed down in a jungle in El Salvador. But he sent rain that drove me into a house where there was a family to give me shelter and give me direction. Yeah! I've had guns pulled on me. And I'm so glad that I had the name of Jesus. I called on him and I'm here today. That's why I rejoice because there's something about the name of Jesus. It is a name that would bring you joy. It is a name that would give you power. It is a name that will call in a witness. The Holy Ghost, he will be with you. Yeah, I'm so glad that I've got the name. When you got the name, you don't have to fear because he is with you. His rod and his staff, David saw darkly, will be with you. When you've got the name, you can look at pain and you can look at struggle and you can speak over yourself and say, be faithful unto death and I'll give you the crown of life. When you've got the name, you can walk on even though others forsake you. When you've got the name, you can die and not stay dead. Yeah! When you got the name, you got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Yes, Lord. When you've got the name, when you call the name, when you use the name, everything is gonna be all right. It may not come. Come here, Aunt Jane, when you want him. But he's always, the name is always right on time. No other name I know. can calm your fears, dry your tears, wipe away your pain. Oh, you got to know him. And that's why the church used to sing that can't nobody do you like Jesus. That's not just catchy language. That's a life of lived experience. And when I've been down to my lowest end, the name of Jesus picks me up. Some things 
You can't really believe until you see. But family, there are some things, some realities that are operating in the universe that you will never see unless you believe. So if you're here today and you know that you need this Jesus in your life, you ought to give your life to him today. What does it mean? It means surrender your way of life, your way of thinking, your direction to him. Do it for the sake of the name. If you're here and you need a church family, you can be a part of this wonderful church, The Field, where we are putting love into action. We are feeding those in the community who are hungry. We're giving medical care to those who are sick or who want to live well. We're providing housing for those who are without shelter. We are working every day to touch humanity. Guess what? In the name. Unashamedly, it's in the name. Or oh, wouldn't you want to be a part of that family? Just put your name, put your statement in the chat bar. There's a hashtag there you can use, Field Me, CLT. Whatever you say, I want to be a part of your church. I need a church home. I want to know Jesus. Just say it. Say it, say it, say it. And your life will change today. Why don't you do it right now? Come on, pray with me this prayer. And once you have, it's going to be a done deal. Come on, let's pray. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I need you as my savior. I am Lord today powerless to save myself. I'm stuck in some stuff I can't get out of. I'm missing out on some stuff I want to be in. Forgive me of my wrongs, my sin the times I knew right and did wrong, the times I did wrong and just fell short. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, somebody, it's done. The name has done it again. He has drawn you. He has challenged you. He has blessed you now to be a part of this family. We can baptize you wherever you live. We can set you to work in ministry wherever you are. Just get in the family of faith today by claiming for yourself the name of Jesus. Come on, we're waiting on you. We're rejoicing right now that you've already done it. Everybody in the field all over America and the world, they are giving God thanks because you're on your way in. Come on. Come on, come on, keep coming. It's not too late. Do it right now.
let's look to the Lord to be dismissed from this place. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever, that all of God's people who believe in the name say, Amen. Go in peace. Carry with you the name. Pray that the message has uplifted, encouraged, and challenged you as you continue your walk with God. If you're looking for a church home, the great news is the field is not confined by the four walls of the church, for we all know that the people are the church. If you wish to become a partner in ministry, but more importantly, a member of God's family, simply reach out to us on Facebook, at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church or on Instagram at the Field CLT. Thank you once again and be blessed.